Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Okay, welcome kids to the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode... No, this is not one of our regular episodes. This is our Crypticon Seattle episode. I'm Skeletoni. <laughs> I'm Taylor of Terror. <laughs> Sorry, uh, still a little disoriented, I guess. I mean, it's still episode 38. You could have said that, but... It, are we counting this as 38? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, let's continue. Um, yeah, so we went to Crypticon. Um, some fun times. Uh, admittedly, we didn't really get much as much done as we had planned to. Yeah, I know last year we, you know, we got to speak with a lot more celebrities and, you know, we had interviews to play for you guys. This year, it was a lot more crowded, which is bittersweet because I love to see the con grow and get better people and more people and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's it's hard to go up to someone and say, hey, can we interview you for five minutes? You can keep signing autographs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, or even, I mean, because you got to imagine, like, think if you were a celebrity and you were doing an interview at your booth. It's like, are you going to be still signing autographs, or are you going to be ignoring all the people that are waiting for autographs? Yeah, you're going to be ignoring somebody. Yeah. Either either the interviewer or the people waiting in line for autographs. And plus, that's a dick move to all the people waiting for autographs. Yeah, and I just I didn't want to do it. Exactly. So, I mean, our I mean, we went on Friday, and that was, you know, after work. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're both a little out of it. and uh, But I mean, we sat in on a couple panels, which was good <laughs> it was fine yeah um and we'll get you know, into that a little more later we cruised around the vendor uh floor and stuff and um and then saturday we went again but that's when it was like really crowded and you know we just we we, we talked to a few people but nothing we were we didn't record anything right we talked to jessica jessica cameron again a mm-hmm. little bit um but again, it's like we. She was like the one person. Where we're like, okay, let's get something with her. Um, but, but then every time we would go over to her booth, somebody would walk up and be wanting an autograph or want to talk to her. And- yeah, exactly. And it's like it was a point where we were just kind of standing there, waiting for the person to clear out, and we felt started feeling like total creeps just hovering around her booth. Right. Just, um, so, uh, so yeah. Needless to say, we didn't get any celebrity interviews, unfortunately. Um, Part of that, doing a part, or was because I was surprised by a thirtieth birthday party. Happy birthday! Hey. Yeah, we. I mean, we went on Saturday, and I gotta say, you played it off really well. <laughs> I I tried. I was really worried that I couldn't get you to say no to going to the after party on Saturday. Oh well, I had already because you set it up saying that your girlfriend. Right, well, I had to pass the buck. Because right. <laughs> I knew I couldn't be like, uh, you know that after party we both talked about and really wanted to go to? Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. You would have been like, no, fuck you, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, there there are two parties that kind of happen at Crypticon. One's the Biohazard Party, which is, like, for guests and VIP, or not necessarily VIPs, but, like, you know, that's where all of us went <laughs> then the, there, the common folk right then there was the vip party and that's where all like the celebrities went and had a good time so we kind of just stood there with our dicks in our hands because we don't dance not literally not 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 literally no uh we probably would have been thrown out <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> but uh i mean this was on friday night and I actually did i was 
out having a having a cigarette and I was talking to um I ended up talking to uh the guy that actually started Crypticon, well one of them. I think he had like one or two partners that started Crypticon with him, but yeah, he was one of them and I guess he runs the one in uh in Kansas City. Um and he's a real nice guy. I I feel like an asshole. I forgot his name, but I mean, I was I had been drinking a little bit, so, um, and it was really loud. <clears throat> but he was a really nice guy, and just kind of told me about how how things started and how it grew, and um, gave us a few tips on how to expand our audience, just based on other podcasters that he'd met. So, might put some of those into effect. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, Saturday we were there all day. And sat in on a few panels. Um, we did uh, with the Twin Peaks panel, mm-hmm. which was Sherilyn Fenn and Cheryl Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went to the Saskas panel, right? With the the Saska twins and uh, Kai Erickson, Erickson, Kai Eric Erickson, right? From See No Evil Two. Um, now those two just. Like even if you're not talking directly to them, they're just a blast to just watch. Yeah, <laughs> they're really funny and just really energetic. And it's just... and Kai Eric Erickson is a tiny little person. He is. He's he's a short man. I mean, I guess when when you're opposite uh, Daniel Harris, everyone looks normal sized. But yeah, <clears throat> well, it's like um, the Saskas. They were both saying that like when they were casting See No Evil Two, they wanted to go with a short cast, right? To because... make Kane look menacing and just enormous, right? And he's what six seven? I think he's seven foot. Is he? Yeah. Well, no, because Big Show's seven foot, isn't he? Yeah. But they said that Kane and him are almost the same size, or that they're the same height. But Big <laughs> Show is just bigger, right? Yeah, they went into talking about uh, meeting with Big Show for Vendetta, and he was pretty smarmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get more. We'll get further into yeah. detail in the panels later in the show. Um, anyway, so yeah, Saturday night. You know, we we had originally planned to go to Prom of the Dead, which is like the big, like awesome, huge party that Crypticon does. And then, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, or no, I guess it wasn't even that long ago. You said, "Oh well, my girlfriend wants to have her birthday thing uh, that night, so we got to go Friday night instead." It's like, well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so yeah, we ended up leaving because I was told that. You and her, and then me and my wife were supposed to all go have dinner at, at some bar, and yeah, so we went up, to, went to this bar in Seattle. They had like kind of a second floor to it, and I uh, went up there, and there was everyone I knew <laughs> just waiting for me. So yeah, that was that was a nice surprise. So uh, thanks for being part of that. And then tell them what we did. Oh God, so we did a golden mile. <clears throat> Anybody that's seen. Uh, the world's end knows what the golden mile is and uh while they didn't quite do it well sort of um we 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 did all 12 yeah <laughs> uh i regretted it the next day um but uh yeah that, that's that's ultimately why we didn't go on sunday <laughs> yeah we ended up not going sunday because uh uh we partied a little too hard on saturday yeah yeah i mean like i had I had it in my head the entire time. It's like, okay, we have to go to Crypticon tomorrow, so I cannot be hung over. No, fuck that. It's your fucking. <laughs> and well, it's like I was thinking, like, okay, twelve bars. I'm not 
not not drinking 12 drinks because I don't drink beer and so I mean that was just going to be 12 drinks of just alcohol like straight alcohol and so I'm thinking okay I'll have maybe a couple drinks and then I'll skip one or two bars and just have water or soda or something that didn't quite happen (laughs) (laughs) I mean I started out that way but then people were buying me shots and so I just had to kind of throw that out the window but I was really impressed because I was like not even seeing straight by the time we got to the 12th bar and there were half of our group got uh, 86 like they couldn't even come in yeah so <laughs> I was pretty impressed with my, my ability to cover I was kind of surprised at some of the people they did let in versus who they didn't oh I know we got a, our buddy who he kind of like seems like he's drunk all the time and I guess he, he said that they told him he couldn't drink he could go and like use the bathroom but that was pretty much at it. the last bar yeah because i know there was at least two other bars that let him in but wouldn't serve him right okay well there's that <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah it was a fun time completely surprised by you and and my wife and, and your girlfriend helped all put it together so thank you i had a fun time you're very welcome thank you you only turned 30 once right <clears throat> um anyway so yeah didn't go to CryptoCon on Saturday because of that, since we didn't even, like, I didn't roll out of bed till like, 11.30, and it was only open till 5. And I slept all day, but it wasn't because I was hungover, just because I was fucking tired as hell. Yeah, that too. Like, I, I'm still, my, my, I've got, like, a body tired. Like, my mind's awake, but my body just mm, doesn't yeah. want to cooperate. Yeah, I slept horribly on Friday and Saturday, so I just spent all day yesterday sleeping. Right. Anyway, um... So, I, I, I mean, we we did obviously go to CryptCon. <laughs> um, so, I guess we'll talk about some of the things that we did. Um, I guess maybe we'll start out with when, when we did talk to Jessica Cameron. Um, kind of briefly asked her about Mania. And she said, because we were expecting her to uh, do a showing there. Yeah, and it sounded like she was expecting to as well. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it wasn't finished or something. She yeah. said it was still in post-production. Yeah. So she's hoping for a release next year. Yeah. She said she couldn't promise that she was going to be there, but she said... She, yeah, she would send her cronies. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah, that would be awesome. I wish to have to wait another year to see it, but... Yeah. But I mean, maybe, uh, maybe Risky will show up with it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um... Yeah, oh, she she actually remembered us. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was, was, surprised. that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I mean, not not to downplay ourselves, but like she I does did. a lot of podcasts. Yeah, and I mean, we we were, were I guess you were wearing your CEO, uh, my logo shirt. Yep, yeah, that's the one. Um, and my brain's not as active as I thought it was. <laughs> um, and uh, I think she maybe saw that and realized who we were, um, but for her to remember us that was nice yeah um and yeah we we talked to rob rob bookta who runs right the, the makeup competition um we got stuck in a lot of panels so we didn't get really to chat with him as much as we wanted to we started we talked to him about half an hour in to the the competition and you know just really bare bones things as far as the makeup went um we we posted a bunch of pictures um, that you can check out on our Facebook. Yeah. Um, and there's, and we, we talked to Rob and, you know, there were, there were a couple of repeats. Um, 
One was uh, Thomas. Don't remember. I don't recall his last name. Um, but yeah, he was in the competition last year, and the girl that actually won was in the competition last year too. Mm-hmm. And her name. It was uh, Jennifer again. I don't know her last name. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm count on you to remember names. Um, and she ultimately won, which was really cool. Like the theme was um, fairy tales and serial killers, right? Um, so basically, just really graphic, grim versions of these fairy tale characters. And I don't, I didn't catch whether or not they were actually assigned these characters. That was the impression I got. Uh, I don't know for sure, but that that was the impression. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, the judges were, uh, RJ Hattie from face off, mm-hmm. uh, Dutch by Harry, who is this award winning airbrusher and he's, he's a local guy here, I think at a Everett maybe. And Rob said he's on a show called skin wars, which I'm, I'm not familiar with that show, but, uh, I, I'm, I, I know it. I've never watched it. Is it a, it's a makeup contest show or. Yeah, I think I think it's just it's I think it's, it's similar similar to Face Off. I don't know if it's so much a competition. I don't know. I I, I don't want to try to guess because I, like I said, I've never watched it. Um, I should though. I don't know why I haven't. Um, but I'm I'm almost positive that he's related to a teacher of mine from high school because they've got the same last name, and they look like they have a family resemblance and. To add to that, they're friends on Facebook. So it seems like a logical step to I know, take. But it, like, I wanted to ask him, but it's like I didn't feel right going up to his booth. It's like, hey, are you related to this guy? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it was RJ Dutch um, and Eric Albadress, who was the competition winner last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's some good makeup that came out of it. Um, Jennifer's in particular. I mean, she obviously won, but I, I, of my own opinion, thought it was the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, Her she, character was the troll from Snow White and Rose Red. Right. Um, which is a story that I know of, but I'm not terribly familiar with. Um, but it was really grim looking. I mean, like... What was the most impressive thing was they had two hours to do their makeup, and she had laid like an insane amount of hair on this guy. Yeah, both on his head and uh, like a big long beard. Yeah, it was incredible. Like I couldn't even fathom not only doing laying that much hair in two hours and laying it that well, but then also doing her makeup, which was um, you know as all the judges pointed out was like kind of an old age makeup where basically you stretch the skin out and you lay a layer of latex and then you let it dry and then you release it and then it wrinkles up the skin. Um, but she did that all over this guy's face and you know, latex doesn't exactly dry quickly. Right. Um, and then also just did like these big slash marks across its face which I assume was relevant to the story. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the story. I know Stephen King's Rose Red, but I don't think that right. the same thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, really impressive makeup coming out of that. Um, and then Thomas got second place mm-hmm. again. I feel bad. But, um, Did he get second last year too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, 
but he's he's a young kid. He's like what fifteen or something, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, he's to to be you know even in that competition to beat out how, however many people entered right. at that age. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, because before the actual final competition, there's an elimination round, right? Um, where it narrows it down from ten, I think Rob said to five. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and but he was not the youngest. That's true. There was a girl there who was thirteen years old. Yeah. Uh, in this competition, which is impressive by itself for her to not only make it past, or not only to have the skill necessary to be in the competition, but to make it past that elimination round. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she got last place, which, you know, again, she got into the competition in the first place. So that's right. nothing I mean, to be ashamed don't of. Don't look at it as last place. Look at it as fifth place out of however many people entered the contest. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the trouble with her makeup, I think, was it was very minimal. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a lot to it. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that was any lack of skill. Because the stuff she did do, I mean, that's... I wouldn't have been able to do that at 13. Yeah. Uh, or I wouldn't even know how. Um, her character uh, was the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Right. So she had a lot of, like, burn marks. and Yeah, and I think ultimately what it was is that she didn't have quite the time management skills that she needed and maybe she didn't have the ability to conceptualize and come up with a firm idea uh, for her character in in such a short amount of time and that's I I believe that would be my problem is coming up with a fully fleshed out idea in such a limited amount of time because like I've often been told in my makeups like they they take a long time <laughs> and I have to like plan out what I'm doing ahead of time. Um, I mean, I, the direction she went was, was right. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the story of Hansel and, Hansel and Gretel, the witch gets thrown in the oven at the end. Right. So <clears throat> going with Burns is obviously the right way to go, but I think she should, should have gone farther with it. Mm-hmm. You know, put char marks on her and just, instead of just looking like, you know, she was, had a hairspray incident in her face or something. Right. Like just go all out and just give her charred black marks all over her face and yeah. Make it look like Daniel Radcliffe at the end of horns. Yeah. Um, or, you know, it's like, you know, think of what you, what you've got to, um, you know, before you I mean, think of like, like Freddy Krueger. I mean, that's obviously a very iconic look and you don't want to copy that. Right. Um, but it's like something that's so familiar. You maybe want to grab some ideas from that and kind of use it to your advantage because that's that's an idea that's already there. You yeah. don't need to plan for that. You just do it. Right. Um, <clears throat> but granted, there was obviously a two-hour limit and a limit to what you could achieve in that amount of time. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we actually sat there and watched a good deal of it mm-hmm. more than I thought we would but I think a lot of that had to do with how just tired we were from walking around that's true uh, but and it was by that time I mean I think we sat there for maybe 15 or 20 minutes so it was like at that t- at that point we wanted to see who was going to win mm-hmm. so we didn't want to leave then have to come back in 15 minutes right um, and we were kind of like in between the panels we wanted to go to right and, so um, anyway so yeah that was fun um, and you know we talked with Rob and we actually do have a recording talking with him, but it's like 
we got stuck like i said we got stuck in panels and we didn't have a chance to follow up with him at all um and so it's just this this bit that we have with him is kind of out of context so i don't think we're gonna use it <laughs> I, I don't really see the point yeah i mean we don't have recordings with anyone else so it just seems out of place anyway but uh thank you rob for speaking with us um and, and kind of giving us the, the the lowdown on what was going on um okay so what's next um well we we went and saw um there was a they were having a trivia contest and the if you got a question wrong the saska's got full control of your facebook oh that's right yeah this was actually it seemed like it was an intermission they had a burlesque show which we didn't even know we were walking into i don't think <laughs> um there's just a room full of people so like, yeah, let's check this out um but yeah, they're doing that trivia contest, and uh, it, it was guess what the monster or no, what the monster was based on the movie title, right? But it was really obscure movies. I think I, I only knew one of them, um, and most of them, like the the title, did not give anything away no. at all. And it was like really, like deceptive too, because like I don't know, he probably. Said maybe about fifteen of them. Somewhere, I mean, there there were quite a few. Yeah, um, and like three or four of them, the the monster were killer trees. Right, <laughs> and he kept act asking the same guy what it was, and you know this guy wasn't really playing along. He was kind of being a, a <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to see what the Saskas would do. Yeah, which I, I can't say I blame him too much. But they were writing some really foul things. Yeah. <laughs> and the fucked up part was, like, the other girl was like, please don't put anything too bad. My mom looks at my Facebook. <laughs> and he's like, my mom's dead. Go nuts. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like a lot of things about baby rape. And there's <laughs> like... Uh, I was like... Just watch the baby rape scene from Serbian film. Can't wait to be a daddy. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. Hashtag babysitter available. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, and they just those they just came up with that, like, on the spot. It's like, God, those chicks are twisted. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. I get it. Um, anyway, but uh, that was fun. And yeah, like, like I said, the burlesque show, it's like, Oh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> it was the creep show, peep show. Right. And we only, we like, like I said, it was like an intermission with the, with the trivia. Um, right. And the dude kept calling them the Soka sisters. That was driving both of us nuts. Yeah. I can't imagine what they must have been feeling. Inside. <laughs> I got to imagine, like, you know, being someone myself whose last name is pronounced strong all the time. I feel you. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but yours is a little more. There's really only one way you can say it. If this is true. If you say it wrong, then you're stupid. <laughs> like, you could legitimately say my name a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, I've actually met somebody whose last name is spelled the same, but it's pronounced the other way. Mm. So, actually, <laughs> I remember telling him, like, you're part of the problem, man. Um, um, it's, my, my girlfriend actually has the same problem, and when mm -hmm. we were at Sam's, she's the guy asked the last name on the tab. She says it, 
then spells it, and then he immediately repeats it back wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember you guys had moved back here for probably close to a year. <laughs> I did not know that her name was like said differently than it was spelled. Um, but anyway, back to the point. Uh, yeah, I kept calling them the Sokas, and but I imagine they're probably just used to it by now. I, I kept waiting for the "Don't you know who I am?" moment. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, the burlesque show was much more revealing than I thought it was going to be. I mean, there was no like real nudity, but right wasn't what I was expecting from a horror convention. <laughs> a family horror convention. Right, yeah. There were, there were kids in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, hell, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah. Next. Um, I didn't realize there was going to be an agenda. I didn't type anything out here. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going completely like just off the cuff right now. We yeah. don't have any plan right now. Um, what else did we do? Do you want to get into the celebrity panels or do you want to do the other panels first? Um, I guess we talk about celebrity panels. probably less to talk about with those. Okay. Um, well, like you said earlier, we did go to the, the Twin Peaks panel. It was Cheryl Lee and Sherilyn Fenn, who is Laura Palmer and um, Audrey Horn. Mm-hmm. Most of the panel was spent discussing David Lynch right. and his eccentricity <laughs> both of them doing impressions of him at one point oh my god Cheryl Lee her impression was just spot on it was amazing <laughs> she was talking about how um, spoiler alert at the end of Twin Peaks that she's like hanging and she said when she got the call from David he's like Cheryl how do you feel about heights <laughs> <laughs> and she was like well, I was you know a young actress so I lied and said I was fine with him <laughs> And then I got set, and he's like, okay, we're going to hang it from a crane 60 feet in the air. <laughs> how do I How do I not remember that? I don't know. I mean, I just watched the last episode like a couple months ago. I'm like, After watching that, now i got to watch the whole series again. I actually watched Firewalk with me uh, yesterday. You? I haven't seen that. How is it? It's kind of dumb. Really? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I know it's it's like not super popular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's weird like like you know how Twin Peaks starts off kind of normal and then gets kind of weird towards the end yeah this kind of builds on that even further and gets really weird (laughs) well it's it's like it's a prequel yeah it's the story of Laura Palmer right okay well but there's still like no explanation of who Bob is and where he came from I hope they cover that in the the reboot or no it's not really yeah I guess it's kind of it kind of is the literal definition of a reboot. Yeah. It's starting the franchise up again. Yeah, that's a good point. This this is more of a reboot than what other reboots would be considered. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, in the strict definition of the word. Um, I don't know if how much they're going to get into like backstory on it though, or if it's just going to be, you know, present day. Well, this I don't think this is necessarily for new fans. I think it's for fans of the show. Oh, definitely. Um, so I mean. Fuck the people that don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially since they've announced it already and it doesn't come out until 2017, like, and and it's on Netflix, right? You know, if you if you don't know what's going on, go fucking watch it. Yeah, it, it's admittedly it's a little hard to stick with if it's 
not your thing, but it, it gets it gets so weird that you have to just keep watching. Yeah, it's it. like I I have to know what happens yeah. next because I have no idea. <laughs> Which speaking of on the panel, they talked about how like there wasn't David Lynch wasn't like okay this is what's going to happen then this and then this and then this it was free flowing the whole time mm-hmm. they didn't know who the killer was the people on set didn't know who the killer was until the day before they shot the episode right yeah and um, you know the. Well, this is more than 10 years ago. I'm not going to worry about spoilers. When you discover that Ray Wise is the killer, um, and uh, when Cheryl Lee is playing Ma- uh, Maddie, mm-hmm. um, she said that she had to shoot her death scene all day. Yeah. Like, an entire day was just her death scene over and over and over and over again. And she talked about how it was like really hard for Ray Wise to do because he had a daughter that was about her age, right? And so to have to like just choke out somebody, yeah. And like I, I may be remembering this wrong, but didn't she say he was almost like kind of like a father figure on the set? Yeah, yeah. So I imagine that was just strange for both of them. Um, and when when David Lynch told him, he was like, "All right, Ray, you're the killer. You've always been the killer. Everyone knows you're the killer." <laughs> Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, Firewalk With Me, like, the first, I guess the first act is about two different agents, played by Chris Isaac and Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Kiefer Sutherland is this, like, super neurotic guy. <laughs> it's weird. And then David Bowie is in it for, like, 30 seconds. <clears throat> wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, I feel like I need to watch it. No, you don't. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you got nothing better to do on an afternoon, sure, why not? But Well, I mean, you know, they talked about it briefly. Um, one of the, I think it was one of the questions that was asked. Um, and uh, Cheryl Lee said she was more than happy to do it. And you know, she seemed proud of it. Well, she talked about how, like, in her mind, there's no separation from the series and the movie. Mm-hmm. That it's all just... Twin Peaks and all just one thing. Right. And she said when when they were done filming the series that um, she felt like she wasn't done with Laura, which is fine. I mean, understandable because Laura ultimately didn't have all that much of a part in the show. Right. Um, she spent most of her time wrapped in plastic. <laughs> yeah. They also, they also recast Donna in Firewalk with me. Donna. It's not Laura Flynn Boyle. Oh, really? Yeah. You're supposed to ignore that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, anyway, uh, let's see, what else did they talk about? Oh, um, Sherilyn Fenn said that the series, or like the new rebooted series, is going to take, or going to be filmed entirely here. Yep. In the North Bend, Soqualmie area, uh, which is pretty sweet. Um, she also announced, which you, you may have seen on genre sites by now, but they. They broke the news that's going to be 18 one-hour episodes, mm-hmm. and that uh, the composer, whose name I'm blanking on... I think it's like Alberto something. I was going to say Angelo, but... Oh, uh, maybe. Something like something along those lines. Who The composer from the original series is going to be back as well. Mm-hmm. And the diner is going to be turned back into the R&R diner, and then the owners are going to keep it that way. Yeah, for those of you not familiar with that, if you if you're ever up up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, particularly in you know um, the the South Sound area, if you take a little, take a little trip in the Snoqualmie Valley, you go to North Bend. Um, there's Tweed's Diner, 
in uh, in North Bend, <clears throat> which is it's actually the outside of the R and R. The inside was, I believe, on a sound stage in California. I would assume so. And I think most of the things were. <laughs> I think they they basically it's kind only, of how TV works. Yeah, for the original series, they pretty much just used the um, facades for the exterior shots, mm-hmm. and like all the inter- insides were filmed all in L.A. Um, but yeah, like I said, Sharon uh, Fenn said it's going to be filmed entirely up here, so. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, she also said they had to, or I think it was Cheryl Lee, said that they had to, like, build up the poli- the sheriff station. No, actually, what happened is um, the place that was the um, the police station in the show, I believe at the time it was an office for a logging company, but now it's actually the office for a uh, motocross company. Okay. And if, from my understanding, what I gathered was that they've actually built that up. Oh, okay. Then. And so now they need to figure out a way to bring it back down. Okay, so I had it backwards. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, looking really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got even more excited about it. So. She said David Lynch has, had already been up here and done all the location scouting and everything. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I mean, we already announced that he's back, obviously, so... Mm-hmm. Um, even if you didn't hear that from us, you probably heard it elsewhere. Um, so that's exciting. And, uh, yeah. Um, and Sherilyn Fenn is really funny. She is. I did not expect her to be that funny. Yeah. We, we, on our way out, we'd kind of discussed that like Sherilyn Fenn is really like really bubbly and funny and just mm-hmm. energetic. Cheryl Lee seemed really kind of quiet and retiring. She played with her hair. Almost the entire time. Yeah, uh, she almost she almost seemed nervous. She seemed nervous. Yeah, um, which was weird. But yeah, for someone who's been her, you know in the acting game as long as she has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like it. It honestly seemed like a lot of the questions were directed towards Sherilyn Fenn, or to both of them. In which case, like they both bite, moth bite. Yep. <laughs> it's pronounced moth bite. Thank you. They both might have responded, but it seemed like it ultimately ended up with Sherilyn Fenn, like, kind of finishing out the question. Yeah. And I know we we had wanted to ask Sherilyn Fenn about the Dual Spires episode of Psych. I wanted to ask her so bad. But then we were like, oh, no, let's try and get it on the show, and then that never happened. Yeah. God damn you. What specifically would you have asked? Oh, I just wanted to ask if that was kind of like, you know, nostalgic or kind of cathartic for her yeah see i was gonna something along the same lines of how did it feel to kind of revisit that world but as a different character right yeah and uh i mean like initially when i was kind of formulating my question in my mind i was just gonna initially ask tell us about dual spires (laughs) (laughs) but then the question kind of evolved while i was waiting for that's good because you would look like an (laughs) asshole if you asked that question (laughs) um and then I feel like there's something I wanted to ask Cheryl uh, Lee, but I'm spacing on what it was. I don't know. I also liked it when they talked about the audition process, how with David, it was just like they just kind of went and hung out. And then he was like, OK, you got the role. Right. <laughs> there was no real audition. There was no this is how well I act. It was just does he like you? Yeah. And, you know, they really presented him as, you know, his kind of 
odd personality and his ex, ex, uh, eccentricities, that's not like a public persona. That's how he actually is. Yeah. Like, he'll tell even them, you know, I don't know that you call them like close friends, but, you know, people that know him well. He said that his um, his greatest film of his own is Eraserhead. Oh, spiritual film. The spiritual. Okay, that's what it was. Um, but then if you ask him why, he won't tell you. Yeah. And it's like... And I like how he, he got Cheryl Lee to commit to something, <laughs> but he wouldn't tell her what. And when she asked him, he said, in the spring, some branches grow long and some branches grow short. Well, she was trying... She was going to bleach her hair, I think right. what it was. Or that was Sherilyn Fenn that was going to bleach her hair. I thought that... That was, that was who was saying that, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was Cheryl Lee. I don't think so. <laughs> I, what I remember is Cheryl and Fenn saying that she was telling David, because she, she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know, didn't know if she was going to be in the new series. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was talking with Lynch, and she said, Oh, David, I'm thinking about bleaching my hair again. Uh, you know, sh- should, I, should I do that? Or... And then that's when I remember him, her saying that he said, uh, well, in spring, some branches. Go no, all he said to her was, that's very interesting that you would dye your hair right now. <laughs> uh, fucking guy. But what the, the, the stories that I loved was that he he didn't have this preconceived notion of how things had to go. Right. So they talked about how, you know, there was a scene where they were filming and there was a, a light that flickered. Mm hmm. And he, they were like, oh, we can get that fixed. And he was like, no, leave it. <laughs> um, you know, another question I wanted to ask. Thanks, guy. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask them is like, you know, being, you know, young actresses at the time, um, having, you know, become so familiarized and, you know, living in their roles for two, three years, um, and and working with Lynch in his particular style, I wanted to know if that was difficult for them to move on to other roles mm. and different directorial styles and stuff. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I have to imagine it probably was. I would think so. Like, then if you go to someone with much more structure, it would be harder to, you know, you'd be like, oh, well, David would just let us go. Yeah. Um I mean, someone did ask, how is it working with John Carpenter versus David Lynch? Right, and she actually said they were very similar. Yeah. Which was surprising. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. I also didn't know that Audrey Horn was not originally in the script for Twin Peaks. Did she say that? I don't remember, I didn't remember that part. Yeah, she, when she met with David Lynch, he wrote the part for her. Okay, that does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. Okay. After uh, meeting with him for like 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> he was like, okay, you, I need this girl on the show. Mm-hmm. So he wrote this part, and she became a very, very prominent part of the show. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the show wouldn't have been the same without her. Yeah, um, her relationship in the entire town. I mean, like with with every character, basically, particularly with uh, Dale Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that she was originally supposed to, or he was originally supposed to have kind of like some kind of involvement with um, uh, she- uh, Shelley. I think is who he said. Uh, Machin, uh, Machin Amic. Um, yeah, maybe because they they didn't say or she didn't say Shelley. She said 
my chin. Or my, my chin. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's got one of them umlauts. Machin? Machin. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I had I, I never heard the name pronounced until Sherilyn said it. Yeah, same here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, he said she said that uh, Dale was actually supposed to get involved with her. In, but then when she came on, that that's when the whole thing with Audrey came about. So, I mean, Audrey had that whole like Nancy Drew storyline going on in season two, right? Which got a little, little much, but. <laughs> Um, and then Sally got to have a relationship with Gordon Cole instead. So right. David Lynch took advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not she, took advantage of her. I don't want right. to. <laughs> well, he, took advantage of the situation. I don't remember which one has said it, but one of them said that, you know, and David got to uh, kiss uh, Machin. So, or my, my chin. Machin. Machin. Mad, mad, mad. Sally. Let's just say Sally. Shelly. <laughs> Shelly. That's what I said. He got to kiss Shelly, uh, so he was happy. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, uh, some cool stuff. Um, they talked about like there are some questions asked about roles that I was not familiar with. Yeah. So we'll get into those, I guess. Um. That panel was nice, I mean, compared to the other ones that we went to. It was nice because the entire panel was, the, like, the entire length of the panel was just uh, crowd questions. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than the moderator basically running the whole thing, which is essentially what exactly what happened with the Saskas and uh, Canfori. Yeah. Um, I guess let's, let's segue that into the Saska panel then. Okay. Let's do that. So, like we said earlier, it was with Jen and Sylvia Saska as well as Kai Eric Erickson. I finally, like, I, I can tell the difference between them visually. Like, I, I can look at them and know that who... Th- I've, I've never really paid that close attention to them. It's always... Because they're always together, so it's always just the Saskas. Right. But, like, yeah, having them sit right in front of me, I could tell the difference between right. Jen and Sylvia, yes. Yeah, but it, it's, it's now gotten to the point for me to where I can, like, see two pictures of them... Or even them together, and I can tell which one's which. The only thing I didn't manage to get was their names. <laughs> so you can tell the difference. You just don't know which one is Jen and which one is Sylvia? Exactly. I do now. <laughs> oh, okay. Because they actually introduced themselves. It's like, right. okay, well, that one's Sylvia, that one's Jen. Now I've got it. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, like I said before, those two are just a ball of energy, and or two balls of energy, and then they come together into one big giant ball of energy. Right. <laughs> like they converge neutrons and science happens and technology. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I don't know if both of us or maybe I, I know I did, but I th- think you may have as well made an actual meme of uh Ryan Hansen? Yes. <laughs> saying you know just saying technology. Yeah. We, we we both made one of our own, but if you like if you like Google that character uh I think Nolan was that his name? I don't even remember. In the movie and you, like you say like the character's name and technology. 
it'll come up with memes that say that. So it's like we're not the only ones that think that part's hilarious. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the point. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Kai Eric? Kai Eric, yeah. Kai Eric Erickson. He's a very quiet person. Like, yes. He he almost acted like he didn't have permission to talk. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. Maybe they're like, you just sit there and look pretty. <laughs> um, seemingly like a nice guy, though, I mean, for as little as he did talk. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he played um, a character in See No Evil 2. I don't remember his name. God, I can't remember characters' names to save my life. Seth. Seth, thank you. Um, he played Seth in Seen Evil 2, um, which I don't I don't know that I necessarily consider him the love interest. He's the male lead. Sure, yeah. Or wouldn't Kane be the male lead? He's the male protagonist. Okay, let's go with that. Um, and then, yeah, of course, this Oscars. But this guy running the panel bugged the shit out of me. <laughs> He he kind of reminded me of um, a wrestling geek. Well, yes. <laughs> I was gonna say the dude who runs. Um, I don't know the name of his site. Fucking ain't it cool? Oh uh, well, yeah. Maybe add another couple hundred pounds on. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. And he's just he's a fucking like I don't I don't want to badmouth him. I guess, but. He 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 commanded the entire thing. He he seemed very into leading the panel. Yeah, he he was. He seemed like he wanted to ask his questions more than allow anybody else to ask, ask theirs. Yeah, I mean, was there any point where where anybody could ask questions? I don't remember. They did take fan questions at the end, but there was only time for like three. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like the last fifteen minutes. So there's forty five minutes of this guy asking his questions. Yeah. And I didn't really care about a lot of them. <laughs> so I, I haven't been to most of the panels we went to were not celebrity panels. And right. I, I don't. Did we go to any last year? I don't remember. I don't think we did. Okay. Um, so I don't. I don't know how if that's how that works. Like if it's just a moderator asking questions because that's how it did work in the Ken Forey one. I, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the moderator. True. Um, but that, that kind of bugged me. I mean, I, I went there with the intention of if I had any questions to be able to ask them. Mm-hmm. And that was not really given to me. So Yeah. Um, but let's... Uh, what did they talk about? Well, they talked about See No Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they talked about how, like you said earlier, they they wanted a whole short cast so they could make Kane seem even more intimidating. Right. Which, you know, obviously was a good plan with, uh, um, Daniel Harris. who's like five, three. I thought she was like four eleven. She, she might be. Okay. She, yeah. She's, she's a very, very tiny little lady. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, Kai, Eric Erickson, he's not very tall at all. Yeah. He said he was six, two at one point in the panel. <laughs> then I walked by him and I was like, you're like five, two. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him on the vendor floor with with the Saskas. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I walked past him and it's like, I could put you in my pocket. <laughs> little man. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Was, was that a Space Jam reference? Little man. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, they, they talked about Vendetta. Well, they, they discussed uh, they, they have a strong desire to do three no evil. Right. Yes. Um, Nothing official on that on that front. It, it seems like from you know from their word that uh, WWE is on board, um, but they can't get Lionsgate to sign off on it. Yeah, which we, is, we talked about it during the panel. How weird that is because it seems like Lionsgate will buy anything. Yeah, like if we brought them a script written on a napkin or even a treatment, I guess that would be more likely. Just a yeah, you'd have to write really small to put yeah, a script very, on a Very tiny. Um, so what does this say? Don't worry about it. All right, sold. <laughs> what is the story about? A guy who does some stuff. Is there a lo- Tell is there me a lo- more. Is there a love interest? <laughs> Maybe. Yes, but she dies very early on. <laughs> there is a monkey. <laughs> Wearing a hat. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the fact that they can't get Lionsgate to sign off on it that's strange have you have you seen the? I, I don't think it's this week's Silicon Valley but last week's um maybe they do like a rip off of Google X called Huli XYZ and they, they make a robotic arm for a monkey oh yes <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> <laughs> wait what's Google X I'm not familiar with that uh, it's the, it's the Division of Google that does like the self-driving cars and oh, the ones that keep killing people. The <laughs> they said only two of those were the cars' fault. <laughs> um, and like the, they're doing like smart plates is something they're working on. I don't even what? know what that means. Like you have eaten enough, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, don't tell me my business, Google. Fuck you. It's like you're just like putting stuff on your plate. It's like that's too much food. <laughs> You're crushing me <laughs> under the weight of your mac and cheese. <laughs> Please stop. I'm dying. <laughs> Maybe you should save some for later. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> okay, we're getting off topic here. Um, yes, so um, Three No Evil, if you want to see it, then maybe you could or they actually said to tweet Lionsgate or you know hit them up online and yeah. just insist upon three no evil hashtag three no evil right um, I don't know if that's the word three or the letter I, I don't either the letter would be less characters it would be less characters um, then they talked about Vendetta which is obviously their upcoming film with uh, Big Show and fucking Dean Cain and fucking Dean Cain <laughs> Um, they insist that Dean Cain is a complete badass. Yeah. Which apparently, unbeknownst to me, he did some kind of like celebrity boot camp show yeah. where he actually got like legit military training. I'd never heard of that show. Me neither. Stars get stripes or something like that. Something. It sounds like something they put on like VH1 or something. Yeah. And, you know, instead of music. <laughs> um, they also talked about like comparing Cain and Big Show. And they said that they're the same. When they, when they first met Paul yeah. White, the big show, they said, oh, you're about the same height as Kane. He said, ladies, I'm just bigger. Yeah. And then Jenna's like, was that a penis joke? Yeah. It's like, did it take us two years to realize a penis joke? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they're recording this whole thing, which I assume is going on, like, their Tumblr or something. Probably. Um, 
and so they're just really embarrassed. <laughs> well, what was the thing she got really embarrassed about? She, it was somebody she wanted to fuck or something. Oh, uh, who was that? So we can put it on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Shit. Oh, slash. Right. Yeah. Um, and Sylvia was like, you know, he watches all your interviews. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jen apparently really wants to bang Slash. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got it. <laughs> yeah. God, how old is he? He's got to be in his mid 50s. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Slash. Get some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, but they said they're they're really excited about Vendetta. I mean, it's not something I don't think we'll review on the show because it's not horror, right? It's much more of an action, yeah, which is obviously outside their scope a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they have really delved into much, but you know, they got Painkiller Jane, which is obviously more of the same. It's not. I it's, mean, that's based on a comic, so right, which is obviously very horror, um, not horror, action driven. Um, so yeah, I mean they're I don't know that I'll say they're stepping out of their comfort zone because they obviously seem very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But um stepping outside of what we're familiar with. So Yeah. And then they're also working on uh their their graphic novel, um Kill Crazy Nympho's Attack. Right. And they actually announced something that we're gonna steal their thunder a little bit here and uh, since they went so far over their goal on kickstarter they're 20 20 grand 20 grand over their goal Jeez. which i don't know what their goal was but uh i want to say it was like 50 grand i could be wrong though well so anyways they're they're gonna have um jen and sylvia saska's none characters in the games as or in the comics, not the game, sorry. Hey, what game? <laughs> they're making a game! <laughs> oh my god! This is great news! No, they're making action figures. Yeah. Um, which will be fun. You can have your own little Jen and Sylvia. I like how Jen was like, they come separately, so you can just buy the Jen one. <laughs> I was hoping one of them would say, why don't you just buy two of the Sylvia one and just say one is Jen? Right. <laughs> um, no one's going to know. The two of them. Like just bouncing off each other is, it, it almost seemed scripted. Yeah, but I mean, having it be obviously an unscripted thing, it's like it couldn't have been. That's it, Wonder Twin powers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, their energy together is just in, incredible. Yeah, and then at one point they called their mom. Yeah, they, they wanted Mama Saska involved in the panel, and so they had the the whole crowd say hi to mom. Mm-hmm. Um. And Sylvia felt like mom did not care about her. Yeah, she didn't even ask where I was. <laughs> it was like Sylvia's here too. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, mothers always love one child more. It's true. You got lucky. Yep. <laughs> Just the one. We all know your sister's the favorite. Yeah. Yeah, my sister. Um. Anyway, uh, anything else for the Saskas? Like, uh, I, I like I told you this before we recorded. It's like I really wish I would have written some notes. Yeah, because I'm just going completely off memory right now. Uh, plastic, plastic is a movie they're working on that's supposed to be in the same vein as American Mary. Right. 
um, about a plastic surgeon who does something or other. He sounded like he like gets gets in trouble with the mob or something, or just ends up like owing a lot of money. Sounds very very similar to American Mary. It, it does. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. But that's apparently what they're working on next. That's their their next movie. Yeah, they said they had they had other stuff coming down the pike, and then this came along and just bypassed them all. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like a lot of stuff coming up for them. Um, they, they are busy. Yeah, and yeah, good for them. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to see that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's I think that's everything. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. No so, updates on the Wyatt family movie. No. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> um, Another thing I wanted to ask oh, him had we had we talked to him was which wrestler would you like to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Well, that was asked, wasn't it? I don't think so. Somebody asked which diva. Oh, right. And there's, I mean, you would know those better than I would. They said something about... Candice? Nope. Nope. Paige? That's the one. Yeah, they said they had just met Paige, which seemed odd because Paige is like, you know, she's the goth diva because there's always one goth diva at all times. Sure. And uh, so she's that one right now, and it seems like they would be a perfect fit. But she got cast in a Christmas movie? Yeah, with The Miz. Oh, man. Called Santa's Little Helper. I I don't know the story if there is one but it already sounds bad i mean it's got the miz in it yeah how good can it be <laughs> hey man the marine fucking 20 was awesome <laughs> who let's see Cena was the marine first <laughs> marine first <laughs> he was the marine one and then it was mr kennedy in part two right and then it was um it was uh, randy orton in number three wasn't it no, it was Dustin Rhodes, I think. Dustin Rhodes or Cody Rhodes? Cody Rhodes, that's the one. Dustin Rhodes is gold dust. Right. Or was it? Now i got to look it up. God well, then f- four must have been Orton then. I don't remember Orton being in one. Yeah, he was. Let's see. Cena was in one. Right. Ah, Ted B- DiBiase. Oh, right. Junior. Of course. He, he was in two. Thank you for specifying. The Miz was in three. And apparently the Miz is in four as well. Uh, apparently. Miz and Summer Rae. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's a diva. She originally started as Fandango's dance partner. Oh. I saw her. I th- could have sworn Orton was in one. Oh, what do I know? I was say, I don't remember him being in one. Not that I follow him. But anyway, the first one. Oh, Orton is in 12 Rounds 2. Oh, the other John Cena movie. Shouldn't that be 24 Rounds? <laughs> one would think. <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Um, so, yes. So, yes. We also saw Ken Forey. Yes. Who was supposed to actually be doing one Con- with... Canotus. Canotus Forey. Right. That is apparently his name, guys. Yeah. I, I always just thought it was Kenneth. He he, he did... He said that, uh, like, a bunch of people in his family have just weird names. Yeah, he said he's Canotus, his dad is Canotus, his grandpa is Canotus, and then there's, like, a Myrtle and a 
and a doorbell or something. And what do you think of Mabel? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he he was very unwilling to take questions about horror. And yeah, he wanted to kind of expand the conversation to like real world issues. And he wanted to he wanted to get real. Yeah, he wanted to get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, he talked about doing a uh, convention. I think it was, you know, however many years ago, and saying that he just instead of talking about horror, he just brought up the topic of like racism and you know and world subjects, and he said it went really well. So he just insisted on doing that. <laughs> um, which I can't say it went badly. It's just you know, I wanted to talk about horror. <laughs> I talk about world events. All the time, I'm like, I want to talk about horror. That's why I'm here. Yeah, it's like be I, with I, my people. I, you were in Dawn of the Dead. Like that's there's got to be stories there. Yeah, I want to hear them. You know the moderator, and he did. You seem familiar to you. He sounded familiar. He said he had a radio show. Right. I'm wondering if he's on like KISW or something. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, he said he was a, he was a movie reviewer. Mm-hmm. And I only know one movie reviewer online. It wasn't him. Or not online. Uh, on the radio. And it wasn't him. So, I don't know. Um, but uh, at one point, he said that... So, okay, well, I know you don't want to answer questions about Dawn of the Dead. And he's like, well, it's not that I don't want to answer questions about Dawn of the Dead. It's rather talk about other things. You know, things that aren't horror. <laughs> he's the guy who says, you know where you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to be like, if you don't want to talk about horror, can we talk about Keenan and Kel? Yeah. And you didn't. <laughs> I kept telling you to. Um, but uh, he talked about a movie that he just recently finished and or you know worked on. Uh, Mark Rahner or Rainer? That's who the moderator was. Okay. Um. Yeah, he f- just worked on a movie called The Rift. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Mark Rahner or Rainer is on Cairo. Radio. Yeah. Hmm. I listen to that every day on the way to work, and I. He must be like a weekend guy or something. I don't know. The, the Mark Rainer show. Huh. Okay. Well, um,. He 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 did really well, you know. Where like Ken Forey, he always seemed to me like kind of an intimidating person. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the fact that he's just huge, he's right. just got such a, you know, such a such a presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that guy, he was not backing down. Like he was, I, I got the impression they had, like knew each other. It almost seemed that way. Yeah. Um, whether or not they did, I don't know, but. Um, I don't know. I'm having, because so much of it wasn't necessarily horror related. I mean, he talked about his past work. Uh, he is really fucking funny, by the way. He is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when he started talking about, like, world issues and stuff, I didn't expect him to have that that element to him. But, yeah, when he talked about, like, doing things on, on movie sets and, you know, um, working with his co-worker or, co- you know, co-actors and... Uh, yeah, like a lot of his anecdotes and jokes were pretty funny. Yeah, um, he had this glass of Johnny Walker, and was it actually Johnny Walker? We don't know that for sure. I mean, he said it was, but I he didn't seem like he was joking, but I don't know. 
Uh, it was definitely, yeah, some kind of brown... Cocktail? Li- well, it was, yeah, some kind of brown liquid in a rocks glass, so I assume... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it was, like, fucking R&R, and he said it was Johnny. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, the guy, Mark, you said he was... Yeah, he kept trying to take it away from. Him. <laughs> he kept like moving it further across the table, um, but uh, he seemed like he was uh, not embarrassed, but like not wanting to talk about a handful of his past work. Yeah, because um, I mean, at one point, like I think he was asked, like, "What does he want?" to do um like if there if there was a particular character he wanted to play and he kind of did answer that to to an extent but he just said i just want to keep working right because he actually brought up a point that you know is actually very like to anybody that realizes it a lot of these people that do conventions this is like what they do now yeah like that's their a lot work. of the older folks um and he says that he's very thankful to still be working and still be acting and things, and uh, he just wants to keep doing that, which was, you know, admirable. Yeah, like it's an honest answer. Yeah, I mean, he didn't seem like he was had any attention to be for being terribly picky about what role he might take. I don't he, think he's like still trying to be, you know, a, the biggest star in the world at this point. Hmm. Um. But yeah. Uh, he talked about um, was it Death Spa? Was that what? It was? Yeah. And he got he's like, oh, why the fuck are you bring a movie like Death Spa? He's like my worst piece of work, which sounded like it was. I've never seen it or heard of it, but it sounded like it was the dumbest shit. Yeah, like the the premise was that it's it's a spa that's haunted and kills people. <laughs> and he said he was basically just like the black like buddy, yeah, of, of the main character. <laughs> So, so there's that. And then he talked about working on uh, From Beyond, which I, I love that movie. I mean, as schlocky as it is, I, I love that movie. It's Jeffrey Combs, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, based on H.P. Le- Lovecraft story. Um, but yeah, it's got Jeffrey Combs and Ken Forey and um, Barbara Crampton. And um, Tony was talking about uh, being offset and just kind of hanging out with his co-stars. And they're playing football in a park one day, and there's five of them: is the is Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, him, and um, the guy that played uh, uh, Pretorius. I can't remember his name. And then one other person, the director, maybe. I don't recall. Uh, well, there's five of them, and they did three on two. They. And the two were Ken Forey and Barbara Crampton. <laughs> so they just got decimated. And the modern- It's like they figured that since he was so big, he he could handle being with Barbara Crampton, but then they also kept him a man short. Right. Um, Which, I mean, I don't want to judge. Maybe Barbara Crampton is fucking amazing at football. Who knows? <laughs> he didn't seem to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely not the impression I got from Ken Forey. <laughs> uh yeah, he said that like they didn't even take it easy on him. They they ran up the score like fifty to three or something like that. Um, but anyway, so it seemed like he wasn't a huge fan of the film. 
Yeah. But it sounded like he had fun doing it. He said he fell in love. Right? With, with a Dutch with, girl. With a Dutch girl while in Rome. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the cover for Death Spa, <laughs> and it's a woman on an elliptical machine with, like, an 80s-style um, unitard kind of thing <laughs> that rides way up on her hips, and she has a skull for a face. <laughs> and then there's a guy in the background on, a, like, a... What are, they, what are these called? Butterfly. Butterfly machine, and there's fire around him or something and he's just screaming it's a butterfly machine of hell <laughs> this works awesome um I'm watching this tonight so uh yeah i mean like he didn't reveal a whole lot i mean he's not obviously you know he's still working it said he's he did a movie called the rift um but he's not Prolific's not the word. Not terribly busy, I guess. He's yeah. not he's not working on a lot at one time. Like, you know, kind of the youngsters like, you know, Jan and Sylvia, they're busy all the time. He did say he's been doing a lot of writing. He did. And um He said that uh he wrote what a, like a limited series. Like yeah. A, like a six episode limited. Which originally was meant as a joke. Right. He was just gonna write it and include his family in it. That, that's how he talked about his whole family having interesting names. Mm-hmm. He was just going to write this series, put his whole family in it, and then give it to them as a Christmas present. Right. And somehow it got into the hands of someone important. It's somebody HBO or something. Yeah. And um, they were like, this is really good. Yeah. And uh, and in, I think he said it was about the KKK in Indiana. In the Was that the same thing? What Wasn't it? Or was that something different? Because he talked about writing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he said he wrote like he wrote a zombie movie. Yeah, um, that someone told him would be the the highest budgeted zombie movie of all time if they made it. Right. Because apparently there's a tanker in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it takes place on a tropical island. Yeah. It sounded like he was. It's when he was describing it, it reminded me of. Um, uh, Oh shit! What's that? The Lonely Island song. That's exactly what I was just thinking of. Now we're in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like we'll just write something really expensive so that somebody else has to pay for it. Um, but um, which was surprising just to hear that he wrote a horror movie. Granted, that's where his bread and butter is, but it seemed like he wasn't interested in that being his thing. Yeah. Anymore. Which, you know, maybe I'm off base there, but... Um, Especially zombies. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, who knows zombies better than Ken Forey? <laughs> George Romero? Sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and, let's see. Well, speaking of zombies, he did share a little bit about Rob Zombie. Right. Actually, he said that uh, Lords of Salem is not the movie it was supposed to be. Rob Zombie said that as well. Did he? I believe so. And the and uh, Halloween too. Yeah, that seems like an excuse. Yeah. I, I I don't believe that. I, I can maybe believe that about Lords of Salem. I don't know. Well, yeah. According to Ken Forey, there was a very pivotal scene that ended up getting cut completely. That was supposed to give a lot more backstory to the events of Salem. Supposed to give um, uh, Sid Haig and Michael Berryman much more screen time. Mm-hmm. But apparently, two of the actors that were supposed to be in it. Uh, one couldn't remember his lines, and one couldn't see at night. All right. Uh, 
And, you know, I, I assume if I did some research, I could probably figure out who these people were, but they said they were both like very esteemed. Yeah. Seasoned well known. Yeah. Um, so That's a little disappointing. It, it's disappointing, but at the same time, a little expected, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, these, these old guys, you know, they get to a certain point where they think they just, just be handed everything, you know? Yeah. And they can just phone it in and, you know, people will be fine with it. True. Um, just got to show their face. Yeah. The moneymaker. <laughs> um, speaking, speaking of Sid Haig, at one point we were walking behind him. Oh, God. <laughs> Tony's like, this old fucker is walking so slow. <laughs> I had no idea what was Sid Haig. Oh, my God. I was just thinking it would have been so priceless if you had said something. Just be like, hey. Old guy, get the fuck out of the way. Well, yeah, it's like, you know. Especially since it's Sid Haig, because he probably would have kicked your ass. It's like, I saw him, because we walked into the vendor floor almost with him, like at the same time. And I guess I just kind of lost track of where he was in the crowd. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're walking, and like, I know I'm stuck behind this old guy that's moving at a fucking snail speed. <laughs> God. And I'm just standing there thinking, you're thinking to myself, it's like, come on, you old fuck, move. <laughs> and then I finally get a space to pass around this guy, and I look to my left, and I see, yeah, it's fucking Sid Haig. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> if I would have actually said that, I would have felt like such an asshole. And I think he would have legit kicked your ass. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know what, you... You take your time. <laughs> You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I like you. If you're somebody I didn't like, I'd be more upset. But you know what? You just do you. Um, anyway. So uh, that's, all, that's all the celebrity panels we went to. Yeah. And um, that, that panel was supposed to have Ted White as well. Yeah. Who played Jason where, in... Where did he go? I don't know. <laughs> he was. I saw, me, I saw him at his table that day. Uh, and, you know, Ted White, he played Jason in Friday the 13th 4, or, you know, the final chapter. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what they had to do with each other, but they were supposed to be on the same panel. And he just wasn't there. It seemed like Forey and, and uh, the moderator guy didn't know where he was either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway. But, yes, so that, that's all our celebrity panels. Yeah, but then we did go to some just discussion panels. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, we went to the best horror movies of 2014. Right. Which we pretty much disagreed on everything. Yeah, there were there were a few that, that you know, like, okay, yeah. But um, in general, I mean, there were, there were a lot of them that I hadn't even heard of. Yeah. And... Uh, I was kind of surprised at some of them because I've heard, I haven't seen them, but I've heard bad reviews of them. Mm-hmm. Namely, the taking of Deborah Logan. Mm-hmm. There was a couple people on that panel that just raved about that movie, but before that, I had heard that it was terrible. Really? I, I, honestly, I hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that it's not very good at all. Hmm. Um, and like the impression that I got was it's a possession movie, right? But like kind of a, a spin on what's become common where there's a lot of like possession of young women or children. Mm-hmm. This was actually an old lady. Yeah. Um, 
Which, yeah, that's that's different than what you might expect nowadays. I don't think it's based on real events. I, I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, so there was a couple that I felt like I had to go check out now. Like, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of talk about Babadook. A lot of talk about Babadook, which is, you know, a polarizing movie between us. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. Yeah, it was where I didn't enjoy it, like, at all. <laughs> so you say that, but you gave it a five. I it's did? not like you gave it, like, a two. Well, it, I, I gave it a five because I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just didn't get it. It's just because you're dumb. Sure. I'm a little stupid, but, you know, <laughs> that being, you know, aside from that, it's just like, it's, I, I, I don't get the fascination with it. It's just a movie. See, I it. tried to put that all out of my head beforehand and just watch it as if I had never heard of it. And and you see, I I did too. I really tried. Um, but to me, it's just like, I don't get what the fascination with this movie is. I don't know why so many people like it. And that didn't really influence my decision. It's just like, I'm, it's like the whole time I'm watching it. And even after it's over playing it back in my head, I'm thinking, what did I miss? It's like, why didn't I like this as much as everyone else? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should go watch it again. Cause one guy said he had to watch it a second time before it really struck him. So I guess maybe a second watching would, I don't know. You know, it reminded me a lot of Sinister, and I didn't like Sinister. Oh, I either. hate Sinister, so yeah. So I don't. I guess I don't get that comparison. Yeah. Um, Actually, I, I I like most of Sinister. I just hate 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 the end. Yeah, and it's it's pretty shit. Yeah. Um. Then what else do they talk about? Um, it took a really long time for Starry Eyes or Dead Snow Two to come into the conversation, and I was a little disappointed in that. Yes. Um. Because like. Uh, Starry Eyes in particular because it was so so talked about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's almost like it didn't occur to anyone. Yeah, because even when somebody said it, everyone was like, oh, right, yeah, Starry Eyes, fucking A. Right. And you know, when they were talking about it and I'm realizing, okay, well, they're not talking about Starry Eyes and I actually had to look it up. To see if it was 2014? Yeah. Because um, I know I mean, we, re- we reviewed it, but it was earlier this year. Yeah. Um. Well, it was the same time Zombieverse came out, so that was definitely this year. That didn't get mentioned. Why was that not mentioned? <laughs> Where was the Zombieverse shout out? <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, they, they. I mean, they talked about there's there's mention of uh, Deliverance from Evil, um, which uh, I don't know. I don't remember what I rated that one, but I was kind of on the fence about it. I thought it was all right. I, yeah, I mean, it was all right. I, it I wasn't over the moon about it. Yeah, it was a lot more actiony. Hmm. Uh, and you know, I mean, like those possession films, they just don't don't do a lot for me. Um, you know, there's supposed to be a best of 2014 movie or um, panel, and uh, one guy who was just saying, "Well, you know, a lot of my films have already been mentioned, so I'll just give you my." worst of 2014 there's some surprising things on there like i could not believe how many people hate tusk i know i don't get it i didn't love it but i didn't hate it by any means it was it's better than red state it was definitely better than red state um but it's like i feel like people just hate kevin smith which i don't get either no i mean like i mean listening to his podcast i he's a stoner piece of shit but (laughs) 
who, th- I don't, I don't, who thinks sugar is the same as you know heroin. Right. Um, I don't. But I don't immediately discount his movies for that. No. It's like I. St- I still love Clerks. I love Mallrats. Uh, I don't like Chasing Amy. Um, <laughs> but Jay and Silent Bob. I fucking love those movies. Yeah. Um, and I were fucking Jay and Silent Bob for Halloween a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I liked Tusk. I I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie by any means. Yeah, I'm not going to call it groundbreaking. or no. I wouldn't put it on a best of 2014 list, but I yeah. certainly wouldn't put it at the top of the worst. You know, I... Uh, Cat Morris from the Horror Honey. She was one of the panelists on right. this, and she was the first one to shout it out. Yeah, she was. She sounded like she she wanted to start a petition to keep Kevin Smith out of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, you know, I can almost agree with that. He has some s- strange fascination with Canada. I don't get, but <laughs> um, horns was mentioned. Uh, yeah. Although neither of us really considered that a horror movie, it was more of a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it had horror elements, but that's sure. That's I mean, you kind got the, of the part, devil. Yeah, that's part of fantasy almost. Yeah, demons are mm-hmm. part of fantasy. Um, Oculus. Oculus did not get very much praise either. No, I was surprised. And yeah, like we both liked it. Kevin liked it because that was the episode that we had Kevin on, right? Um, and. Honestly, that's the only WWE film that I've really enjoyed thus far. Yeah. I mean, See No Evil 2 was watchable. Right. But the rest of them were total shit. I can't stand anything else they've, they've put out. Yeah. Um, but Oculus was actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like a WWE films movie because you didn't have a wrestler shoehorned in there. And right. Um, I and thought it was it was a, a good, creepy ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely was, and you know those those types of stories don't usually do it for me. For the so me, for me to be interested in this one was actually something yeah, out I, of the ordinary. I did not understand the disdain for that one. Yeah, yeah, like it was mentioned, but then it was talked very poorly of, and I, I didn't get that at all. Um, what else? A lot, a lot of foreign stuff that. We haven't seen. We don't. We don't watch a lot of horror or a foreign horror on this show. Um, I mean, you know, from time to time we do. We did Cub and stuff, but right. Most of the time, and it's. I don't think it's because we're avoiding it actively. In in my head, in the stance we have on this show, you know, we we don't typically. Not to say that we haven't. We don't typically do a lot of big budget movies. Yeah, we stick more towards indie movies because we feel like those are the ones that need. The light shined on them. Sure. Because they're the ones that are doing it right. Yeah. Big budget horror. We talked about this before. It's ruining the, the genre because you're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Horror is supposed to be small. Um, well, and they even talked about this on the panel that with, with the big budget horror movies, you get all these explosions and these big major things. And so it's like that's what they cram all their attention into. Whereas if you have a smaller budget, you have to have a better story. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that was actually a good point. Uh, that was that was brought up something I hadn't really thought of or taken into consideration. Yeah, I mean, you can't have just these crazy visuals to take everyone's attention. So you have to have a good story that keeps people engaged. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's some talk of Spring, which I can only assume you haven't seen. I have not, but I would like to. I I started watching it, um, but then I think I I had to do something else, and I thought maybe I'd watch it 
and do what I was doing at the same time, and that that just didn't happen. So I'll have to rewatch it. It did seem very arty, um, which is typically not my forte, but I'm willing because it. I had heard good things on the. I think it was the Killer POV podcast about it as well. Okay, if I remember correctly, it was the episode with fucking Paul Solid, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to give it another look because the story sounded interesting to me. I actually don't really know what the story is. I know it's like a love story, kind of. Sort of. Um, this guy, he basically, from what I saw, uh, he his dad dies, or maybe it's his, no, it's his mom. His mom dies, and he's like, seems like he's back in his hometown because she's sick, and he dies, or she dies, and then after the funeral, he's in a bar with his buddy, and this guy starts giving him shit, so he just pops in one of his mouth and, like, knocks some teeth out and shit. Just kind of fucks this guy up. And so the guy files charges, and so now the cops are looking for him. And, you know, he's got his buddy, like, saying, dude, you should just just go somewhere. Get out of here for a while. You know, you need to blow off some steam. And so now that he's got the cops looking for him, he's like, okay, well, maybe I'll maybe I will go somewhere. And so he takes a flight to Italy. And uh, that's kind of where the movie takes place. He meets up with this girl and she's, she's just weird, but you don't really know why she's weird. And hmm. she, I, I, I don't want to get into sure, yeah, yeah. the plot, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, from what I saw, it's like, I won't discount it. I want to try to rewatch it and yeah. see if I enjoy it or not. Um, what else do they talk about? Um, talked about Wolf Cop. You and, knew Wolf Cop was going to come up, oh, yeah. not only because Cat's from Canada, but because <laughs> for some reason, that movie is a fucking icon to some people already. Right. And I don't get it. It's it's good. It's it's fine. I don't hate it. It's it's watchable, but I don't get this fucking love affair with it. I, I don't know. It's definitely, I wouldn't even put it in like the top five best werewolf movies I've ever seen. No, and that was nothing. Cat said it was one of the best werewolf transformations ever. I've seen it before, and we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that in our late phases. Oh no, yeah, review. late phases was talked about as well. Yes, a lot of high praise for that. Which, I mean, you can go listen to our review. We we didn't care for it as much as them, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if like like what I said in our review is like if this was like um a golden years kind of end of life movie, it would have been perfect. Just take out the werewolf elements, it would have yeah. been a perfect movie. Um, but I did like though that Cat said how fucking ridiculous the werewolf is. <laughs> yeah, what'd you say? It was a mixture of a Chihuahua and a gremlin or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they they did talk about clown briefly. Yes, that very was a, briefly. One that Cat uh, enjoyed and no one else seemed to. Right. Um. What else? Uh, Jezebel. Jezebel, I don't really know anything about. N- neither do I. I know it's something I want. That was one that was very briefly mentioned. Right. That one, I feel like I've seen reviews that kind of cut it down. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the comments in the reviews were like, no, you're wrong. This movie's great. <laughs> so. Um, uh, was, did they talk about Town's Dreaded Sundown? Uh, yeah, one guy, one guy did bring it up. Okay. Said it wasn't a true remake, which I did. I suppose, but it's not a remake. It's a sequel. But at the same time, so many of the scenes we talked about this in our review. But yeah, he did refer to it as meta. Yeah, although he didn't seem to know what that word meant. Right. 
I guess he's heard other people refer to it as meta. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I think I said that much to my chagrin. Um. Did talk about Starry Eyes briefly, although it didn't receive as as much attention as it should have. Yeah. But like I said, it did seem like a, a lot of the praise was for foreign movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really almost like people just don't have faith in the American film industry anymore, which is understandable yeah. because yeah. holiday or you, you got know, fucking Michael Bay running around doing shit, right? Um, I don't know. They talked about a couple movies out of New Zealand, um, right? They talked about a girl walks home alone at night, mm-hmm. which is of course it's. Calling a, it an Iranian film is yeah, half right. Yeah, it's an it's the the crew is all Iranian, but it's, it was actually filmed in Stockton, California, mm-hmm. which is which is odd. Which is like hell. Although, like like they said, if they tried to make this movie in Iran, they probably would have been shot. That's that's absolutely true. Um, then uh, yeah, Dead Snow two. Which we were, we were waiting with bated breath for somebody to say something yeah. about it. We, I, I think we were both had our hand just like ready to go in yeah. case nobody said it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, honestly, I think that was probably my favorite of 2014. That was another one where when somebody was like, you know, what about Dead Snow 2? Everyone was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I think that was probably my favorite of 2014. Yeah. Like, I don't think they could have said something better. Um. What else? What else? What else? Uh, VHS viral was one that said should be avoided at all costs. Right. <laughs> Which I haven't seen it, but from judging by the first two VHS, I would probably have to agree. Yeah. I think somebody somebody then said not to watch any of them, which is yeah. absolutely true. Uh, Sacrament. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ty West movie. Ty West joint. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one that was... It was kind of a mixed review on the board. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, it seemed like it was, if I remember right, it was more in favor than against. Yeah, I think there was there was one guy that was against it though, um, pretty staunchly. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not a huge Ty West fan. I want to be. Yeah. I I think his movies are visually very very nice. Mm-hmm. They're they're great looking. Um, and like I loved the old school feel of House of the Devil. Mm. But nothing fucking happens in that movie. Yeah, I, I I don't like House of the Devil. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. I, it does nothing for me. It's like, yeah, the, it's got a cool vintage look to it, but it's like, aside from that, the story's shit. It's got a great end. Yeah, but it's... But it's, it takes forever to get there. Yeah, and it's something you've seen a million times before. That's true also. Um, I mean, it's fine if you want to, you know, try to capture the feel of something old, but you know, do something else with it. <laughs> um, you know, there was one guy on the panel who seemed like he was bringing up a lot of movies that not only did the other people on the panel not agree with, but it seemed like all the reviews I've seen of these movies, they, just, they weren't very good. <laughs> like one guy, he, he talked about uh, The Pyramid. Yeah, I've heard very bad things about the pyramid. Yeah, I actually I had it on our calendar at one point, mm-hmm. and then I read so many bad reviews that I took it off. Is that why you took it off? Yeah. Okay. I noticed. I noticed that it just disappeared at one point, but I guess I never questioned why. Um, witching and bitching was one that was brought up. Um, 
was it compared to like what Roll Doll or something like that? Mm, no, it was compared to something, but it wasn't Roll Doll. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. Uh, which is it's a Spanish film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, what we do in the shadows was discussed. Right, which we still haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> we need to work on that. That is something we we discussed doing for Week of the Vampire this year. I don't know if that's right still on the table or not, but um, that's a a vampire movie from the makers of uh, Flight of the Concords. Right. Yeah. Um, it do, it does have some people that were in the show. Uh, obviously, namely uh, Jermaine Clement or Clement, how it's pronounced. Mm. <sighs> Um, I kind of think that's most of it. I don't really remember anything else that stood out. Yeah, um, I mean, they, as far as just like general tones and stuff, they talked about how it was it was a big year for supernatural horror. Yes, and uh, kind of trying to revive the vampire genre after Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was some talk of uh, found footage. I mean. You could just you could talk to your blue in the face about flou- found footage, flounder footage, flounder footage. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that it's jump the shark. It does feel like more and more people are just like, okay, we get it. That's enough. Yeah, stop it. Um, there was although Paranormal Activity six comes out this year. Uh, there was one guy that talked about Devil's Due. Yeah, which that we movie's just shit burger. Right, yeah. I don't. I don't think he actually said it was good. No, he did not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you t- saying that something a lot of people were talking about was like, well, who's holding the camera? And I don't think that was the issue. It's just that because you know, in that movie, there's a bunch of like security cameras around the home. Somebody's all. Somebody's always legitimately holding a camera, but. As far as it being very convenient that they're holding the camera. Right. Um, and there's these conveniently placed cameras in the home. And I think the complaint that you and I both had when we reviewed it was that there was music. Yeah. And you can't do that in a found footage movie. Right, unless you found the footage and then took it to an editing room. Right. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I kind of think that's everything for that panel. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um then, uh, so I guess the last panel we have to talk about is uh, immortality as a plot device, mm-hmm. which was something I wasn't really sure what to expect, but the the name of it kind of spoke to me. Piqued your interest? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was, it was basically exactly that. Um, just, I guess, promoting the, the use of immortality to drive a story or create sequels seemed like it was most com- common. Yeah, I think continuing the franchise kind of was the uh, the underlying point. Yeah, and a lot of people on the panel and in, you know, in the audience seemed to all kind of agree that uh, it was more often than not used just as a money-making device. Sure. Which is true to a point. I mean, there was a lot of mention of um, Jason. Friday, you know, Friday Thirteenth. There's a lot of talk of that. Naturally, um, guy dies at the end of every movie and still comes back. Right, which is you know a little weird 
sure. But while yes, it may be a money money grab in order, you know, just to, you come up with an excuse to forward the story. Sure, um, but uh, it's it's become kind of a expectation at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you you can't kill Jason. It's, if you were to kill Jason, you would infuriate people. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, me, me included. <laughs> I see that look in your eye. But don't um, don't worry, because we're going to get all the explanation of why Jason is immortal in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Brad Fuller. Um, and fuck Michael Bay while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they did mention in the panel even that they attempted to explain why Jason can't be killed in Jason Goes to Hell. But that was fucking stupid. It was fucking stupid, and it was an awful movie. It was an awful movie. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing about Jason is, who cares why he can't be killed? Yeah, I mean, the mystique adds to it. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, somebody brought up uh, Freddy. It's like, well, he is a dream demon. Yeah. A dreamin', if you will. Sure. <laughs> if you kill him here, which, you know, that's often the the case in... Right, they gotta pull him out of the dream world right. into the real world. He's still... He's dead. He's been dead for years. Yeah. Just because you he pull... He was killed in the real world the first time. Yeah. And he's like, just because you pull him into the real world, it's like, I guess it kind of makes him a zombie, almost. I mean, for lack for lack of a better term, I guess. I mean, he's dead, but he's alive. Yeah, he's not a vampire. <laughs> I guess. I, uh, yeah, it's, I can't think of anything better to define him as other than just a demon. Yeah, but um, yeah, but then then they kill him. So where does he go back to? <laughs> the dreamland. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why he keeps coming back. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Not to discredit these people that are on the panel, it just like it seemed like they didn't really have any idea what they're talking about. Yeah, or they also brought up Michael Myers, right? Who, if you've seen Part Six, it's all explained in there. It's the curse of Michael Myers, and he's part of this cult, and they bring him back to life, right? Which is dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like I love Michael Myers, but one and two only when they tried to bring him back after Halloween three, they just went about it all wrong. (laughs) Um, yeah, I honestly, I think that would have been better if they never even attempted to explain why he comes back. Yeah. Just, he always does. does, That's just that life deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because he's the fucking boogeyman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, using immortality as a plot device, it's uh it's not a necessity, I guess, but when you when you write something, when you write somebody that lives on, you know, beyond films and beyond media and actually lives in people's like dreams, you know, people have nightmares about Michael Myers or or Jason or Freddy or um Dracula. It's like yeah, people have nightmares about these people. And so it's not just a plot device. It's something that gets ingrained into you. Yeah. It's part of the story. Yeah. Uh, part of the character itself. Yeah. Um, and they, they brought up event horizon too, which I thought was, was interesting. 
Um, it's not something I would have thought of, but I mean, you do have uh, Doctor Weir, Sam Neill's character, who is basically immortal. He's, you know, been to hell and back, and he's now they're, you know, he's slashed up, and he's still just going about his business. Right. By the way, Event Horizon has a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck you. <laughs> that movie is awesome. <laughs> Fuck you, people. <laughs> Fuck you, tomato. <laughs> um, I mean, when Weir has his eyes crossed out, and they're like, what the fuck happened to your eyes? And he says, well, we're going. We don't need eyes to see. No! Fuck you! <laughs> I want my eyes. That's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> that is fucked up! <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, do you have any examples of... Immortality is a plot device beyond what we've already discussed. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, you start getting getting into like the possession movies. There's sure. always the the case of the the demon would leave whoever it's in, and it could just easily possess someone else, and then therefore the franchise can can expand. True. Yeah. <clears throat> I did like how they talked about with with the human centipede movies, where it's it's the idea that is immortal, so you can do that movie so many times mm-hmm. with completely different people right um i don't remember which panel it was that we were on or not on but in where somebody they were talking about the human centipede movies and like the way they were describing them seemed like they hadn't seen the human centipede movies <laughs> um it had to have been that one i think i was the only one we saw where they talked about human centipede could have been but yeah it's like they like maybe like you either haven't seen these movies or you need to go back and rewatch them because you missed things. <laughs> right. Speaking of the human centipede movie, this me and you discussed this when we were walking to Seven Eleven. But apparently, Tom Six's plan for the franchise—if you haven't read this yet—he said he, he's done with it for now, but he may want to come back in the future and make a movie where aliens come to Earth and make a human centipede out of the entire human race. Why? <laughs> why? Why? That's. Like, I mean, that's. You're taking the piss at that point, though. Because where are you going to go from there? Sure, but you it, literally can't go any bigger, <laughs> unless the human centipede goes into space <laughs> to Mars, and then they start attaching. And, and then they start attaching Martians at the end, ass to mouth. Right. That's how it works. <laughs> um. You know, I, I I can't speak for Human Centipede three, obviously, but Human Centipede two. There was there was some scientific significance to Human Centipede one, or you know the first one, um, in that the guy was actually taking like the digestive tracts and like merging them mm-hmm. from person to person. But then you get like Human Centipede two, where it's just some schlub that is a fan of the movie. That schlub is Lawrence Harvey. Yes, it is. You watch your mouth. <laughs> he, uh, all he does is, like, attach them, ass to mouth. Like, he doesn't do anything beyond that. So, basically, rather than just being a continuous digestive tract, like, they're actually shitting into each other's mouths. Yeah. So, that's gross. I'm so sorry, Kyle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I eat a cuttlefish or a vanilla pudding? I shouldn't do that on the show. No, you should. <laughs> okay, I won't do that again. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, anything else to say about that? I- um, no. Okay, not really. 
Okay, well, um, I mean, I guess it was our intention to this for this to be kind of a shorter episode, which I think it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, We're under two hours at the moment. Okay. Well, uh, I guess that would be a good place to kind of wrap things up. Uh, again, we wish we had had some some interviews to play, but just didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's, it's bittersweet because we love to see the con grow. We love to see it packed. We love to see all, all the horror fans there. But at the same time, it kind of makes it hard to sit down with people. Yeah, we did make the discovery of the press room. Which, yeah, although I don't know what goes on in there. There was something that looked like it was a space for like interviews. But were there like scheduled times where people would come in? I don't know. That's, that's, we'll have to investigate that next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hopefully next year. I mean, we actually talked with Kat about this because she has been doing panels for few years now um how to actually get on to panels and because i think we've both expressed interest about with doing that yeah so hopefully next year we can actually be on one or two panels that'd be great yeah um and uh have some fun with that <clears throat> but um anyway so next may we'll do this all again hopefully better <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, hopefully we see all of you there if if you're in the pacific northwest region it's it's a lot of fun yeah it's, it's a great con um you know it seems to be growing every year getting bigger and better guests mm-hmm. every year you know we, we talked about how ken forey was there sid Haig was there bill mosley was there yes. um, i really wish we could have talked to him yeah clint howard ted white um william forsyth just tons of really great guests and then you've got a lot of the really great vendors um yeah if you go to crypticon fucking bring money with you yeah because you're gonna want to spend some yeah which we don't want to give a shout out to uh living dead magazine nightmare at beaver lake horror honeys um uh geek girl collectibles yes going through our flyers here <laughs> uh yeah we talked to a handful of people and um i think we're gonna try and arrange something with um the uh, head of living dead magazine uh Deanna Utella. All right. We're going to try and try and we, we spoke with her. We spoke with her last Crypticon and we were going to try and set something up and just never did. And we spoke with her again, this one. And so hopefully we'll actually make that happen this time. Speaking of which, they are actually holding the first annual living dead horror convention this November in Portland. So again, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, we're hopefully going to make a trek down. Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay, and so yeah. Aside from all that, uh, oh, uh, also want to say congratulations to Sid Haig for winning the Crypt Icon Award. Congratulations to Luchigor Productions for winning the Short Film Festival hey. for uh, El Gigante. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's another person I wish we could have run into is Gigi. We kept seeing her. Yeah. But it was like we were outside and she was inside, or we were in a panel and she was sitting in the back. Right. All these times when we couldn't go talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, we saw her in the Saskas panel, and then, like, I think you were in the toilet, and I was just waiting for you, and she walked past. I was, was going to say hi, and then she went into the bathroom. I'm like, okay, well, she probably doesn't want me to talk to her right now. <laughs> I did I did stand and listen to Michael Berryman tell a couple stories while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, thank you uh, for to the organizers of Crypticon Seattle. Um, we had a lot of fun. And uh, see you again next year. Um, aside from that, uh, again, this is 
our last May episode. Um, I know our last official Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month episode was last week, um, but this is officially our last episode of May. So I just want to remind you one more time that this is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month, um, and uh, you can give your donations and any other support you can at cff.org. Um, you can read all about the disease um, if if you want to hear like from the horse's mouth, so to speak, uh, we can go listen to our interview with Dr. Gibson that we did last week. Um, he kind of gives you all the information you can need about CF as a disease. Um, so yeah, cff.org, uh, donations being made there. We also have our CF awareness shirts available in our store, uh, for what, 2150, 2550, uh, 20, $21 for up, up to extra large, Right, and then I think it's twenty five fifty, if you want to get a, a large size, or if you just want the premium shirt, which I guess is a, a better quality. Sure, I, I think the cheaper one is up to two X. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, so yeah, any three X and beyond is going to be the the premium shirt. Uh, but uh, yeah, five dollars from each of those shirts sold is going directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, we've sold a handful of them. Yeah, I'm sold a good really, amount. I was yeah. kind of happily surprised. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, help us join the cause and, and, you know, be a part of the solution. Um, and, uh, go check that out. You can either go to our website, graveplatpodcast.com, which I'm kind of taking this wind out of your sails here, or you can go to graveplatpodcast.spreadshirt.com and, uh, that's... No, go, go to graveplatpodcast.com. We need the clicks. Okay. Then do that. Okay. Um, and then I'll hand it off to Taylor. And follow us on Facebook. <laughs> Slash Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter, Grave underscore Plot. Or the other lesser known social networks. We're on everything. Yeah, everything. We're not on Elo. Sorry. What the hell is that? Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Elo was supposed to be like the new Facebook killer because it, um, it's all done with venture capitalists. So there's no ads and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And it's dead already. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so you didn't even know it existed. So that's, <laughs> that's how well that took off. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, um, this has been, or, no, not that yet. What? No. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us in this episode. Uh, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Mm-hmm.